previously on the Soulless Serial. Alright then, we figure out where they are. We make sure to count how many there are inside. Then, take them as surprise. I think if it came down to it, it'd probably have to be a fight, but Gel plays dirty and he doesn't like to lose. So, it definitely be a dangerous fight. I'm with you guys, until the end. So, we have to go through some goblins. Let's make sure that it's just the ones that we need to get past. Sounds good. Or just like, well, seems like that could work. I think we have visitors to have fun with. Bigger than the other two hobgoblins, there is this beautiful hobgoblin wearing a very sturdy armor while petting what seems to be one of those stick monsters. And the creature quickly runs into her cloak, a cherry-colored cloak <gasps> with oversized gray stitching. Uh, now why don't you just tell me how, where exactly you got that cloak? Spoils of victory? I have a thing. I like to keep stuff out of the people that I beat. I'm taking my sister's cloak back. She grabs onto the hilt. Let's dance. Throughout the vastness of the multiverse, there lies a tavern. As you approach its doors, you catch bubbles of laughter that rise and burst into cheers as colorful groups of travelers find comfort in their bonds. As you head inside, the smile of the tavern keeper greets you. They're an otherworldly being with a bluish corporeal form. They wear attire befitting of an innkeeper, and they have a large cloudy nebula for hair speckled with stars, which gently sways with their movement. Welcome to the Storyteller's Tavern, where stories are served like ale and a seat is open for you at every table. Tonight's special is the Sunless Serial, an epic adventure of high fantasy with notes of friendship, danger, and most importantly, Cool. Will our adventure survive to descend into the dungeon? Or is there a dark and calamity taking roots far from the sun's reach? Start of the round, Thorn. Thorn sees all this happening, deflates a little bit. Oh, I don't have to do my speech. And then realizes, oh no, we're fighting. Geld, Grinald, I've come back from my exile. And I, I challenge your power over the tribe. And he's going to shoot an Eldric Blast at the Hobgoblin that's in front of Seeker. Raise your hand. It starts to glow a little bit. And as the flowery petals starts to emerge from the palm of your hand, the laughter comes in the back of your head. I thought you wanted to do this by yourself. His ears go down. Thorn slowly turns towards Methuselah and Mortis. His expressions quite readable in his eyes. They're saying, oh. Geld curls in laughter. He starts to laugh deep from within his body, and he's just going to spend his entire turn stunned by laughter of this situation. Thorn gets smaller. All of the confidence he had is gone. Next is Methuselah. So Methuselah is going to swing Yorick around. Their magical hands are going to play on Yorick 
a song that is very light. The instrument itself is going to start to glow red. Reminiscent in the music, there's the sweet laughter of children and this carnivalesque tone as I'm casting fairy fire. Everyone gets affected. It did hit two of them, Grinnell and one of the hobgoblins, the one in front of Seeker. So this red mixing with violet shades encompass around them. Anything else you would like to do? I see Thorn's look of panic and I'm going to play a short ditty and the strings are going to go all rainbow and I'm going to give you bardic inspiration. All right, Seeker. That hobgoblin is still right in front of me, right? Would it mind giving me a deception check, please? I'm using insightful fighting. Five. I got an 11, so that means I get advantage on using my rapier. So it's going to be a 23 to hit. That's a hit. Five piercing damage. You approach this hobgoblin that is glowing with the spell of Methuselah, and it thrusts deep within him. He takes it, but then he looks angrily at you. Seeker is going to say to them, you and I don't have to tussle. My fight is with her. Grinnell's turn. Grinnell puts her hand on the top of her makeshift staff, and with a reddish light, it starts to glow. She pulls out of the top of her stick what seems to be light that turns into a fire, and then she tosses it straight towards the chest of Methuselah. Critical impact. A total of nine points of fire damage inflicted on you. Methuselah just seems weirdly unaffected by it, and is just smoking, just a little bit on fire. Next is Gel, who takes his whole turn just <laughs> laughing, laughing and laughing. And as his six seconds turn ends, he looks at Thorn and goes, I'm killing you. Next is the hot goblin that you just poked, Seeker. He slashes you with his sword that is so quick, it rivals your own speed. A total of nine points of slashing damage. And he goes, You're going after your sister. Mine is gonna beat the shit out of you first. Erky quickly grabs onto his holy symbol and he goes, In Liliator's light, protect us against that blight! A halo of light appears on top of Grinnell. The halo emanates with white light before it descends upon Grinnell with this reddish fiery column of flames. And it impacts her as she tries to dodge as best as she can, but it clearly hits her. It is now Durna's turn. As she stood up, she makes sure to gingerly put her little twig creature onto the chair. They still. Mama is gonna take care of a few pests, teaching them a lesson or so. Watch closely, and you might learn a thing or two. Especially, and then she turns to you, how to skin a cat. And that's her turn. Mortis, your turn. Can Mortis get between... Geld and Thorn. You will have to pass Seeker and the Hobgoblin. Little Dark Souls roll past them. You just get past the Hobgoblin. You have not left the area of engagement, but you are five feet away. So I'm going to use my bonus action to unsheath my greatsword. He's going to hold it in front of him. He's going to be like, if you think you're killing that boy, then you have another thing coming. I'd also like to prepare my action to slash at him if he gets close to me. Now it is the turn of the last hobgoblin. This one has been the farthest away from the rest of the group. He goes straight towards Mortis, wielding his long sword. He approaches you and he goes, You're the only one worthy of fighting here. Draw your blade before I have soup out of you. My blade is already out, you simpleton. Get any closer and I'll drive it through your chest. He smiles and goes for the attack, holding the long sword with two hands with incredible speed and power, a king of that of what would be a jaguar or something of the sort. 
causing an excruciating amount of damage as it goes past your defenses and impacts you for a total of 19 slashing damage. We're gonna die. Top of the round, Thorn. Thorn's ears are still quite pinned. He's seeing quite a bit of carnage around him. His friends trying to defend him. He takes a deep breath, closes his eyes, and internally he dips his hand into a pool of madness and he says i guess this has been fun but you're up grabs the hand of a much more eccentric thorn and pulls him out of the pool thorn comes back laughing <laughs> maniacally ready for some fun <laughs> and he looks at geld and goes this is going to be fun he raises his hands and with this huge smile that is almost as long as his face he blasts this energy of red flowers tinted with orange and purple towards geld does a 22 hit oh that's a hit all right that's 13 force damage. He hits a square into the chest of Geld. The impact bursts into a small fireworks on his chest. And he just flies a little bit. Arr, you dare! Oh, I am going to make that a lot of you. Thorn just goes. <laughs> Isn't this fun? Methuselah, your turn. I'm going to cast Distant Whispers. So I need a wisdom saving throw. Total of 19 passes but takes half damage nine damage so methuselah plays a creepier tune now and the light shifts on his instrument to violet and it causes the colors in the air to take on this jagged form that is now taken on a different presence the darkness of the shade first appearing has sort of affected it now it's just laughing snakes. Renell receives the damage as she places her hands onto her ear, trying to muffle whatever it is that is causing her so much pain. As she falls to her knees, blood starting to spill out of her ears. She looks at her son and screams, Geld, live! And then she stumbles and falls to the ground. So just to end my turn, as Methuselah sees the old woman crumble, he didn't expect to see that, so he just gives us like, ooh, I didn't expect to diminish this old woman so easily. So Methuselah's gonna look around, especially at the people who are closest to Geld, and he's gonna say, oh, I think that we should maybe keep one of them alive, and if we keep one of them alive, I think it should be him. Next is Seeker. So I have my dagger in one hand, and I have my rapier in the other. I'm going to dual wield those weapons. Go for your attacks, please. Does a 24 hit? Yes, it does. Roll for the damage. So the damage for that is going to be eight so far. And then for the dagger, I'm going to say that probably doesn't hit. With a quick thrust of your rapier, you're able to injure the enemy quite deeply. But as you go for a quick stab of your dagger, he's easily able to knock your hand out of the way before damage is inflicted. Now it is Geld's turn. Considering that he's not engaged with anyone and listening the last few words of his mother, he hits the butt of his sword onto the ground with a growl of frustration and then dashes. And he's able to get all the way towards the door, grows through it, closes it, and then you guys hear him. He's out of the combat. And with that, it is now the turn of Hobgoblin that is engaged with Seeker. A really fast attack with their sword is able to gash into the side of Seeker. 
Let's see how much damage is inflicted. It is a total of 16 points of slash damage that goes with a twist attack. At this point in time, Seeker had 12 hit points left. All right, so Seeker is down with this attack maneuver. The Hobgoblin just screams out of frustration. I got you! Next is Erky. As he sees their comrade falling on the ground, they go, Bailita! And he charges his full speed to be able to go all the way to their friend. And with a quick slide, he grabs onto his holy symbol and starts their prayer. By the knowledge of Lirta, please keep this one alive. As they place their hands onto the chest of Seeker, a glowing red light emanates from the touch, giving bigger back to Seeker. They wake up in exhilaration as 10 hit points are given back to you. Next, it is Durna. As she looks slowly, her companion booking it towards the other door, she sighs. And that's that session of punishment to him later. She steps forward one step closer to Mortis. She looks at her brother and says, Go help the other one. The younger one is having troubles with the cat. And then the hobgoblin just looks back at his sister. Ah, fine. And that's it for her turn. It is your turn now, Mortis. After taking that brutal attack last turn, he's gonna glance over at the guy who hit him. Well, if that's how you want it, then let's dance. And he's gonna swing his blade at that guy. That's a 10. Although you bring that great sword up, he's able to notice it in the last second and quickly parry your attack to the side as he lunges himself to the left. He goes, ah, Durna is gonna tear off your hide. And now it is the turn of the hobgoblin that he just attacked. He's going to sidestep around you so he can actually start engaging with Seeker. You have an opportunity to attack now. That's a 13 to it. As you go for a quick strike, the hobgoblin is able to sidestep it, approaching Seeker. This hobgoblin now goes for a thrust attack. But Seeker, as they wake <gasps> up, they are able to roll to the side. And that way, they are able to evade the attack. It is the top of the round, Thorn. Thorn is going to raise his hand. He's going to cast Crown of Madness on that hobgoblin. So he will need to make a wisdom saving throw. Does a nine pass? It does not. So a violet hue begins to glow, creating this halo around the head of the hobgoblin as this crown of roses on thorns embeds itself in the hobgoblin's head. The hobgoblin's eyes are a little wild and mad on his turns. He has to make a melee attack against a creature other than himself that I mentally choose. Thorn casts that and he lets out a very harsh laugh. He barely knows what's going on, but he's just having way more fun than he should be having. Methuselah, you just saw all of that take place. What do you do? Methuselah is going to see what Thorn is going through, having a fun old time. And Methuselah is going to feel inspired by the fun of Thorn and is going to take out a pie crust from their pocket, one of many. And Methuselah is going to, for a second, question why he has so many pie crusts and why in life he just fucking loved pie. And then is going to start to soliloquy. And thus, no man is free from his ambitious finger. The great tragedy of life is there's never enough pie. And then I'm going to yeet the pie crust at and then the one who's closer to Derna, it's gonna crumble in the air and it's gonna transform in this blue spinning light which grows and grows and grows until it's this almost weirdly magical cube. As the cube descends, the colors brighten and they have to do a wisdom save. The Hopgoblin got a two and Derna got a seven. Off to clown college.
which they go as they just start laughing for literally no reason and they're incapacitated and they have to use all their movement to run in a random direction and lastly as this spell takes place the light around the one hobgoblin diminishes as i have lost concentration of fairy fire next turn seeker so since Erky's within five feet of that guy guess what i get that will allow sneak attack in one of your two attacks with two quick thrusts you try to attack this hobgoblin but surprisingly he is very good at combat he's able to deflect both attacks in an incredible speed Hobgoblin is next. Thorn, what is it that you want this Hobgoblin to do? Well, he's gonna make a melee attack against his brother. The Hobgoblin with a magical crown of thorns on their head approaches his brother who is maniacally <laughs> laughing inside of Methuselah's fun zone and goes for an attack. A devastating slash cuts from across the guy's neck almost all the way to his hip. The one who's maniacally laughing goes to the ground to one knee, laughing still but with tears on his eyes. Next is Erky. Seeker, under your breath, you hear Erky saying, Lirta, guide me. He approaches the hobgoblin with the crown and he goes for a, an attack with his club. As the hobgoblin with the crown of thorns is distracted, Erky gives a fast hit on the back of the knee, making him go down onto one knee as well. And then he twists his body, making a complete circle, and then smacking the head of the hobgoblin. You hear a horrible as the head is jolted backwards and the hobgoblin with the crown falls. As he falls, the flowers immediately wilt into dust and the thorns rot into mush. Erky then says, I, I, I killed him! I killed him! <laughs> Hobgoblin down. Next is Derna. Let me roll a dice to see which direction she will run into. She is maniacally <laughs> laughing as she has eyes locked onto Mortis. But her body turns before the head as she just bolts to the direction of the pit. <laughs> On her dash, she literally just wills herself past the low parapet. Her knee gets interrupted. She flips and she falls. <laughs> Rip. So Methuselah sees her run past and is going to be like, oh, sorry. Durna falls into the 80 feet shaft with this long until you cannot hear it anymore. But this is like, I, I'm not used to murdering people. That was kind of croissant this thing. Mortis, your turn. Mortis witnesses this. His whole battle-hardened state is just shaken for a second. And then he like quickly shakes it off. All right. Is there a way for me to move to engage the guy that just ran away from me? There is a way, but you will literally go inside of the fun zone. That was his original plan, and then he saw what happened to Dorna. All right, different plan. And then he's just gonna do a more direct charge towards the guy. I wasn't finished with you yet, scum. And I'm going to use my bardic inspiration that I remembered that I had. 14. Unfortunately, it doesn't hit. Oh, Mortis. Mortis is useless, this combat. Let's just jump in the pit. As you bring the blade upwards to do your final attack, you see him there on one knee, <laughs> laughing in effect to the Methuselah's spell and crying due to the pain and emotional charge of his brother attacking him, that you hesitate. And that is just enough time for him to start running as the effect of the fun zone takes place on him. Lunging upwards, standing their legs towards the direction of Seeker. 
he smacks into you and on the process makes himself and yourself prone on the ground. Up and around! Thorn. Thorn is going to see this hobgoblin just running around going crazy. Thorn is going to cast Toll the Dead. A green light glows around the hobgoblin as the snake head fritillary flowers that are checkered patterned appear and he has to do a wisdom save. Does a four pass? It does not. A breeze blows into the room as these flowers sway in the wind, creating the sound of wind chimes. And as this happens, the hobgoblin hears the chiming become more intense until the point it is as if the flowers are inside of his head. Endless noise and torment as his eyes turn black and rot pours out of them and he falls over dead. As the combat concludes, you guys are within this dim lit room, what seems to be a tower of some sort. Methuselah is going to immediately start looking for any apple or any sign of it in this room. There is a section where it seems like a livable space, divided by what seems to be makeshift rustic divider. Behind it, there is a cot. It must have been Durna's sleeping area. Not much in terms of containers in there. Although as you look around in the room, you see that behind the throne that Durna was sitting on, there seems to be a chest. Is there a lock? Yeah, the lock is on the lid. Try to call to Seeker and be like, Seeker, could you help me with this? I know you're probably good with getting into things. Oh uh, yeah, Methuselah, I, I can do that. But we, we, gotta, we, uh, we also gotta go down this hole. Uh, she took Fight's cloak, so we're gonna have to do that afterwards, okay? I can't move on until I am sure that the apple's not here. Uh, oh, I completely understand. I know that's why y'all are here. That's why we're gonna do that first, alright? Alright. And then Seeker's gonna go over to Methuselah and try and open the lid. Uh, 17. And as you hear the first click, you think it is the lock. Instead, it's actually a prickly. <laughs> Hits your finger as a needle just pierces your skin. I need you to do a constitution saving throw for me. Cat lady rescue me. Uh, that was a four. You suffer a total of four poison damage. is gonna see that and get a little bit wide-eyed and be like, oh, Sika, are you alright? I hope that didn't hurt too bad. Ow! It hurt, but I've, I've definitely suffered worse. That is just, I wasn't expecting that, Methuselah. Well, uh, did it open or? Uh, no. I suppose... We should break into it another way. Mortis? Are you two all right over there? We're going to need your strength over here. I'll do my best. After that last performance, I I need to redeem myself a little bit. <laughs> and he starts walking over. Yeah, could you could you help us with this this mean chest, Mortis? It I got stabbed. Mortis sees you uh, clutching your pawn, and he gets very sad, old man face. He's like, oh, sorry to hear that, my friend. Let me see if I can do something about that. And then he's going to hold out his hand for you to take. Seeker's going to give Mortis their paw. And Mortis is going to clutch his holy symbol. Oh, great she, goddess of the dust, please restore life to this room, or their journey has not ended yet. And I'm going to use my lay on hands to heal you 10 HP. Oh, th thank you, Mortis. I, f I feel a lot better now. I think, I think it was mostly the shock. Uh, so, you know, the post-battle adrenaline. It dies down. I understand your confusion. The chests don't normally fight back. <laughs> yes, I've heard of songs of chests and other inanimate objects that can come to life. We're very lucky this wasn't one of them. 
Oh, well, that's quite frightful. Let's hope this dreaded place doesn't have any of those in store for us. And then Mortis is gonna crack his knuckles and walk over to the chest. So, what is it you'd like me to do? Just try to break it open? Yes, we've tried picking the lock, but this chest has an attitude of its own. Let me see what I can do about that. He's gonna use his claws to try to, like, get a good grip on the inside of the lid and just try to pry it open. Do a strength check for me. That's an 11. You try to pull as much as you can the lid. Unfortunately, the lid is very sturdy. Lucky for you, though, you're far away from the lock mechanism, so you don't get pierced by it. But as you try to jolt it open, the mechanism just keeps stabbing the air. Hi, Mortis. Maybe you should try and hit it with your sword. Maybe something more blunt. And then he's going to reach down to his belt and grab his flail. Here goes nothing. He's going to smash the lock with all of his might. Go ahead and do an attack, Jack. It's a 13. 14 hits, roll for the damage. That's a 9 damage. Yeah, it's pretty much destroyed the lid. You can easily pry it open now. That's done it. Now let's give this a try. He's gonna do what he did before, try to pry it open with his claws. You pry it open. And as you do, the sound of jiggling does echo from inside of the chest. Within, you guys can see a considerable amount of money, as well as four gems of this very dark crystal on this episode of thorn is left unsupervised while everyone gathered around the chest thorn wants to go over to the door that geld went through he wants to grab the doorknob and very aggressively try to open it you try to open it it is locked shut hearing the jiggling of the door mortis turns his head what are you doing over there thorn the other ones got away Yes, but we can't concern ourselves with that. We must push forward before they return. He must be punished. No, we're gonna we're gonna go and get Faith's cloak now, okay? I th- I think that that's what I decided on, anyways. But he must be punished, punished for all of the things he put thorns through, and now all the things he has done to hurt us. Well, wouldn't that be more fun to do once we've got Faith? I think that she'd like to be involved in this fight as well. Thorn thinks it would be most fun to strike him down as quickly as possible. I understand how you feel, all the anger, but there is no honor in revenge, Thorn. Think of it this way. Geld lost far more in that battle than we did. No, no, no. No, think of it less of revenge and more of judgment it is not our right to incur judgment we may serve gods but we are not gods thorns and other peoples get powers from gods and the gods make judgments so that means that they give you a little bit permission to make judgment as well thorn i think might be right because if i start arguing against the gods giving certain individuals the power of judgment i'm technically arguing against faith i can't do that let us break through the store and go find geld and take him and pull his head off Mortis glances over at Methuselah like, please, voice of reason. Methuselah's not paying attention at all. Methuselah's wandering about this room, tearing up everything to just try to find something to do with the Apple of Virtue. I mean, if we were to rip this guy's head off, maybe, maybe we could play a game with it. Yes, a game where we kicks it around. Yeah, and throw it around too, yeah. <sighs> and without saying anything else, he's going to shake his head and Mortis approaches Methuselah's frantic search. Can I help you, my friend? Where is it? Where is it? Where did they put it? Ah, oh, I need to find it. I need it. After a few moments of searching, 
like a good 10 minutes because it's a relatively big space. You're certain that there is no apples in here or any signs of apples. Or just like after not glancing around. I'm not sure that it's here, Methuselah. I have to be certain. I need to know for sure. I, I can't leave any stone unturned. There is a way. I've never s sought out an object using this spell, but I believe it will work. I might not be able to tell where we need to go to find it, but I can at least confirm whether or not an apple of virtue is in this room. Thank you. I would appreciate that. Or is he going to walk towards the center of the room? He's going to clutch his holy symbol, uh, hold a hand up, and close his eyes. Almighty she, goddess of the dust, grant me your mind's eye so that I may seek out the magical essence of the world. As he's casting the spell, he's going to be enveloped in this yellow hue. And from his outstretched hand, dozens of little tiny magical moths appear start flying around the room in a 30-foot radius. Even though Mortis's eyes are closed, he twitches as though he's actively searching the entire area. You walk a little bit because it's a big room, so you need to, to cover as much of it as possible as you have this spell. But quickly, you sense it as, after walking a little bit, great majority of the yellow spectral moths starts to converge onto the dead body of Grinnell. Mortis opens his eyes, and for a brief second, his irises are like the same yellow as the moths. Well, from what I can tell, there seems to be a great magical aura coming off of that woman. You approach the corpse of the dead goblin, and you turn. Do an investigation check to be able to see what she has within her. 21. You find it on the inside of the rag that she uses as a jacket. You see a scroll inside. You open one, and... He has crude goblin writing on it. Morris is gonna see you pull out the spell scroll. Oh, interesting. I haven't seen a spell scroll in an age. While my detect magic is still active, I might be able to help you identify it. Let's do that. Morris is gonna hold his hand over the scroll, and then his eyes are gonna turn that same shade of yellow. Your eyes flashes and... As the scroll is open, you see a certain afterglow coming from the scripture. It glows red. And Methuselah, based on some of the symbols, it gives you the impression that this scroll has something to do with fire and or light. From the energies that it's giving off, I, I believe this might be some sort of evocation spell. Yes, that makes sense. These spells that I'm able to cast kind of have this reddish glow as well. I'm sorry that we weren't able to find an apple, but I'm certain that it will be deeper into the dungeon, perhaps closer to the garden that we heard about. I I'm just glad at least that, you know, I know for sure that it wasn't here. Morris just puts a hand on Methuselah's shoulder. We will find the apple, and Chrysantha will be all right. I promise you. Thank you, my friend. It means the world to me. Mortis glances over the others. Now shall we go see what our two ingenious friends have gotten up to? Maybe with our combined strength, we will be able to open the door. My bye. My bye. You see Seeker and Thorn desperately trying to pry the door open. Have you guys ever tried to 
stab a table. That's basically what Seeker's doing by stabbing the door. Not even a quarter of an inch goes through the door. Is everything okay over here? I, I sense some anger towards this specific door. Well, we're trying to go and find Gale to rip his head off and then, like, kick it around and throw it around. Oh, my. Uh, why would we want to do that? Judgment for judgment, yes. Uh, Geld was mean to Thorn, and Thorn's uh, our friend, so we get to deliver judgment. Seeker, my friend, are you not interested in seeing if we can recover Faith's cloak before we confront the goblins further? Well, I mean, finding Faith's cloak and finding her, but at the same time, like, Geld was mean to Thorn, and tried to kill him and tried to kill us and so i mean i don't want faith to have to deal with this guy because what if what if he's mean to her well uh, i'm not sure that murdering someone because they they hurt us is the best action i, I know that gail doesn't seem like a good person but if we really want the goblins to not attack us and sway them to our side to go against the druid, we shouldn't be killing their leader mercilessly. But wouldn't he have killed us if he had been able to, if we weren't as strong and awesome as we are? Yes, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't be the better people. I concur with Methuselah. As we learned, the goblins are not the real threat here. They are being used as pawns by this dastardly druid. If we don't stop him, then all of us, the goblins, us, the kobolds, all could be destroyed or enslaved or gods knows what else. Someone understands what you say, but, but guilt, even before the druid, has been terrible and deserves nothing more than great punishment. I know that you feel great anger, Thorn, but this is not the way to handle it. I'm sorry for all the pain that he caused you, but we have a quest, and we must see it through for the greater good. And then he, like, locks eyes with Seeker for faith. Does that mean we're going down that hole now? I suppose if, if you are willing to not go through the door, we can continue on our way. Maybe it would be a good idea to have faith with us before we do this, just so we have an extra pair of paws. Yes, we gather our army, and then we go and kick Geld's head around. Thuzel is just looking at Seeker like in shock. Warren is calling for war, and here you are okay with this. Like, sits wrong in Methuselah's stomach. Mortis locks eyes with Methuselah, and you can see from his expression, it's very much a, this is the best we're gonna get, let's just take the win. Thorn nods, goes, yes, we will get Geld. But right now, let us go. Let's Finish what we're doing here. As you finish that sentence, you start to smile. Thorn does like a little jump of maybe excitement, maybe shock or surprise, you're not sure. And he rummages through his bag and takes out his big old tome and flips it open. Happy to be with you again, my sweet little Thorn. <laughs> Thorn's not hiding it. I imagine we all see. Do you guys look at the book? Yeah. I'm I do. curious, yeah. Yeah, I imagine with everything we've been through, Mortis is very much like sus of this. At different angles, and maybe just partially, you guys do see some of the message. In the first two pages, where it's mostly blank, you guys do see a writing on it as if it was always there. I missed your fun 
and happy side. Now, I would like you to give me a gift of apology for leaving me alone without any fun. Thorn hugs the book very close to his chest and goes, Oh, Thorns is so sorry. We'll never leave again. Loves you very much. You look at the page and there is a new script there. I'm happy to hear, Thorn. Now, give me the black shiny rock from inside the deep mean hot goblin's chest. Thorn will look around and be like, there's chest? Or is this ignoring whatever Thorn's there? He looks at him with a very serious face. What's he asking of you? I need a nice shiny rock from the chest. Why? I don't know, because I was mean and they want it. I don't like when you do this creature's bidding. Besides, I don't think you should have to apologize because it was your choice. You shouldn't always have to do what this person says. You're, you're talking too much. One, one second. And he'll look down at his book. Why do you need this rocks? I like to play with shiny things. Thorn needs it as a gift. Nothing, nothing else. I don't think you should be giving gifts to this Marquis. Well, I don't think that you should tell Thorn things, so Thorn wants the rock. Whereas looks at you for a while, just unmoving for about three seconds, and then a look of defeat wars over his face. Do what you will, Thorn. I can't control your actions. Okay, but where's the black shiny rocks? Thorn will start wandering around looking for the chest. I'm gonna go up to Thorn. Thorn, remember earlier talked about fighting this voice, this this mean person? I don't think that you need to listen to them. Yeah, yeah, well, Thorn wants to. Oh, it was so bad. Thorn likes it this way, so happy and nice. And now Thorn can give them many gifts and give back. They give much gifts as well. It is very nice, but Thorn needs that rock. Where, where is the rock? Yes, but the gifts that the Marquis gives you aren't always nice, and it's not always to your benefit. Especially now, when you ignored the Marquis, you were able to go into the Goblin Village. You were able to talk to your people again. You were so brave. You didn't need the Marquis in that moment. What are you talking about? Thorns never did that. You did. I I saw you. I was I was there. It it was you, but you know you were you were a bit different then. Oh no. No, Thorns would never do that. It was just a long sleep, and then Thorn wakes up and was fighting against Geld. And now we're here, and now we will continue doing the quest. But first, Thorn needs that stupid rock. Thorn, you start to smile again. As with Thistle just talking to him, he starts looking at his book again. Thorn looks at Methuselah and goes, Do you still have gloves? Yes, uh, I do. Why do you ask? Can I see stuff? I'm knowing what's been going on, and I'm like, Oh, of course not. Especially if you're going to give them to the Marquis, no. No, no, no. Thorns will not do that. He wants them so that he can see how big your hands are. 
I'm inciting that. That's horrible. <laughs> Can I have advantage? Yeah. Because that's garbage. Yeah, well, I'll do it. I got a 15. Natural 20. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> Sorry, Thorn. I can't give you my gloves. But, uh... We're going to be moving on now, so you can stay here and look for your rocks, or you can come along and finish the quest. I'm going to go over to Mortis. With a big smile, you sense another reply from the Marquis. Do not worry, my sweet, sweet thorn. Just takes it when the elf don't see it. Okay, okay, yes, yes. Methuselah is not using them anymore. He does not need them. Thorn will just borrow them. And then he'll close the book and put it back in his bag and just kind of hobble over to the rest of the group. As you guys are approaching the shaft, guys find Erky there. He's checking onto the parapet what seems to be these white and gray vines that you guys have noticed before when you enter the room, but didn't think twice about it. And as you guys approach, he goes, hey, uh, while you guys were talking over there, I made sure to check out these vines. They, although sickly looking, they are surprisingly strong. We might be able to climb down just by using them. We can do that. Is everything okay? You guys look tense. <sighs> just some situations, but nothing important. Alright then, uh, so what are we doing then? Suppose we're going down. I just want to say, when we find that Derna, the one who stole Faith's cloak, I, I want to be the one to finish her off, okay? Because because she hurt my sister. Are we certain these vines will hold? Looks strong enough. There's quite a depth down there, so make sure that you're strong. I'll say Methuselah is looking down and then looking at their mage hands and trying to fiddle with the vines as best they can and realizing it's not going to work. I think there's a bit of an issue. I don't think I'll be able to climb down very well. You bring up a very, very fair point, Methuselah. Is there anybody a little bit stronger, maybe, who might be able to help them? I might be able to help carry you down. Can't guarantee we'll be going that fast. Uh, I don't mind about the speed just as long as we get down in one piece. Well, an athletics check for me. I'm going to ask you, Mortis, to do your athletics with disadvantage. To help Mortis, can I play a little song? As, my back. Yeah, as we're going down, just to give him bardic inspiration. Who am I to stop you with that? 27 in total. What about the rest of you guys? I rolled a 15. Thorn got a 10. All of you guys slowly starts to descend. Take your time and closer to the bottom, you guys start to notice how out of the vines comes out these weird colonies of mushrooms that have an innate glow and it continues the same glow underneath these vines it's almost as if it was hanging onto this new room which oddly enough is covered in dirt as you guys take a moment to look at your surrounding you see many little colonies and some big colonies of the same mushrooms that illuminates this place so much it pretty much makes this area brightly lit the air within here is damp and chilly, redolent with the odors of loam and decay, and also fertilizer. A layer of earth mixed with the rotting vegetables and the remains of the cave animals cover this floor, as well as very few saplings. There are a few silhouettes that you guys see within this area, four to be exact. They seem to be robed humanoid creatures. They are not paying attention to you. They are simply gardening. With tools, with a spade, they are picking up the fertilizer from a little cartwheel beside them and putting it on specific spots on the ground. 
and also the body of Durna that is splatted on the ground. Can I loot Durna, mostly for the cloak, but also to steal anything else that she has? Yes, you can. You find her money pouch. You find two vials, what seems to be this red liquid, as well as the cherry-colored cloak. First of all, Seeker's gonna brutally take the cloak away. Some of the cloak, unfortunately, is covered in blood because of the splatter. Meanwhile, I say that Methuselah hops off Mortis's back. Thank you, Mortis. Of course, my friend, anytime. And then he looks ahead at the silhouettes. We should be cautious, my friends. These may be servants of the druid. Should we try to sneak past or talk to them? Well, we're not necessarily being quiet and they haven't even bothered to look at us. Well, I suppose we could try to see if they can communicate. And then is going to go closer to where one of the silhouettes is. To the closest one, you are 10 feet away. I'm just going to walk up probably five feet and I'm going to be clutching Yorick, just ready to play if anything goes wrong. With Yorick in hand, you approach this individual. Hello, friend. And as you say hello, a little hissing sound comes from underneath you. When you look down, one of the saplings stretches out one of its marky hands and then hits you. It is one of the twig blights. And as it interacts with you in a hissing motion, the creature finally looks at you, turns around with its robes, and you see the skull being propped up by weird green vines. And let's roll for initiative. Hey fellow D&D and TTRPG nerds, this is Kayla Lundgren from the Potions and Potpourri podcast. Myself and my co-host Keisha are just two gal pals who like to hang out and have casual conversations about Dungeons and Dragons and other TTRPGs. Our show is loosely formatted, but we like to talk about a variety of topics relating to Dungeons and Dragons and TTRPGs in general, plus we do the occasional live play. We interview guests from the TTRPG space, and we also do improv creations where we make things up on the fly together. We give lots of tips and tricks, as Keisha is our resident DM and Kayla is a forever player. So if you're new to the Dungeons & Dragons or TTRPG realm, or you've been part of this realm for a while and you want to learn some new tips and tricks, or you just want to listen to some goofy gals chat about Dungeons & Dragons, come find us wherever you get your podcast. Potions and Potpourri. the end of this episode of the Sunless Citadel. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe to us on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts and be sure to catch the next installment of the Sunless Citadel every Thursday at 12pm EST. If you like the show, please consider leaving a review. It's a small way to show your support that goes a long way. To connect with us, follow our social media accounts and if you'd like to support us, you can head over to our Patreon to join the conversation, view sneak peeks of our next project, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Our intro score was created by Patrick Corton from Off the Beaten Path Musical. The Sunless Citadel can be found in the Tales from the Yawning Portal by Wizards of the Coast. The world of Nasso Mundus was created by Pedro Stockler. Thanks again for listening from all of us at the Storytellers Tavern.